At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show 2021 almost over edition of Knowing is Half the Podcast but we're not talking about G.I. Joe today. Today we are talking about a transforming set of robots from the 80s could be anything. Anyway I am Ray Stacanus. Here's the thing not only are you not uh, getting G.I. Joe your favorite G.I. Joe podcast we're not doing G.I. Joe you're not even getting your favorite hosts of the show. No, nope. you're all here for Gina. We understand that. We know you are. Look, we know it. She's decided to uh, 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 go back home for the holidays and family. Blah blah blah. Oh, blah. Family crap. That's it. That's all I got. I don't know. What do you? I'm Robert Clark Chan. Yes, thank you. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> And we are joined because Gina Polito is not here. So uh, you go, just go ahead and turn it off now. That's fine. I understand. But don't do that because we have a very special guest from the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, which I have now appeared on twice. Robert Clark Chan, I got to hear you on it someday. I'll pimp it out right now. Kevin Goatee. Kevin, what is going on? You brought us GoBots to end the calendar year 2021. Shame on you. But say hello anyway. Gentlemen, it's a goddamn honor and pleasure. Ray Sicanis, if you're not throwing your hat in the ring for J. Jonah Jameson's voiceover work, you're just wasting time in life. <laughs> now, Kevin is is one of the two co-hosts uh, with him and Kevin Israel, who have both been on the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Kevin, could you tell the people at home a little bit about that show? Ah, it's my favorite subject besides me. Two stand-up comedians, myself and Kevin Israel, we invite guests like Ray Stacanis and like James Gazzy of The Who Would Win Show to come on our podcast and pick a film that they find overrated or hate. Here is the twist. The film must meet one of these criteria, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. So no coming on and dunking on Bill and Ted's bogus journey. We know it's an egregious piece of shit. I love that movie. How you, dare you? Of course you would. With a haircut Blaine's like that, of course traveling. you should. Oh, that movie is so bad. So bad. So yeah, we. So the, the key is we invite people to come on who have an opinion about a film that is just well-loved, beloved, or a uh, financial success or acclaimed, and give them the, uh, the soapbox to try and convince us why this movie sucks. Sometimes we agree with them. Sometimes you say, eh, I'm not going to die on that hill. And sometimes we just tell them that they're fucking assholes and they're wrong. <laughs> this week's episode just happens to be, I don't know when this is going to air, so I'll pimp it anyway. This is going to air like tomorrow, so don't oh, worry about it. All right. This week's episode is with our own Kevin Israel, where once a year, Kevin and I will each sit in the gutters chair and pick a film that we each hate. Kevin Israel has selected this year, 300, and then look for me yeah, to I take on. Oh, yeah. And then look for me to take on in the next week or two. 
the Princess Bride. Another that, flambéed ooh, piece ooh, of shit. Oh my! Okay. Wow. Yep. That's see, that's fighting words right there. Where uh, I come from. Listen, sir. in the world, in the words of a of a of a Greek scholar, you know, watered down, knocked down version of "Cash Me Outside." Mm, <laughs> how about that? Uh, you know, I, I have seen the new Hawkeye show, and I know you don't piss off LARPers, so I don't <laughs> know what you're thinking doing Princess Bride on the show. Wait a minute, I, are there people LARPing the Princess Bride? No, but LARPers love Princess Bride, I guarantee it. Find me a LARPer that doesn't love and quote that movie every mm. time they go LARPing, and I'll mm. find you a phony. Find mm. me a LARPer that, does it, that uses deodorant, and I'll find you someone pretending to be a LARPer. Uh, sir, for the record, most LARPing is done outdoors, so right. it's not quite as egregious as some of the other gaming archetypes I could get into. Warhammer! Warhammer! <laughs> How dare you! Henry Cavill loves Warhammer. I will let you know. Him and Tom Holland play. It's cool now, goddammit. Look at you trying to spin your nerd passions on the world as mainstream. Look at you, Ray. God, I love your, admire your courage and honesty. Ugh. Hey, look, I just know what I like. And I also understand. <laughs> but Kevin, we are talking about, so we gave you a big old list of cartoons. Robert Clark yes. Chad has been a, a constantly updated list, much longer than I ever remember it being before, quite honestly. Uh, yeah, and, when I think of things, but then also, like, I have to send it to you, and you're like, we did that already. We did that already. <laughs> we did, I'm like, oh, right, right. Um, let me edit that. We did. We already did do Jason the Wheeled Warriors on the show. So I'm glad you didn't pick that. And when we sent you the list, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to front. This is no lie. When we sent Kevin Goatee, the list of th that we sent him i said he's gonna pick goddamn gobots i know him i know he's going to pick gobots i don't know why i even sent the list i should have just said we're doing gobots aren't you happy i'll be I honest i had a ch i had a choice of two and i really decided to, to flip the coin and it came up gobots want to take a guess what the other choice was going to be Oh, wow. other now this is a big old list of of trasho mm -hmm. is the mr t uh cartoon with him and the the van full of gymnasts was that on our on our no, radar we've already done that one. Oh shit okay uh, then i i'm i'm at a lot let me here's it. chan you place your guest i'm gonna look at that list again because you know i really what? do want to take a like, shot at this i feel like this is a a hard spiky exterior but inside you're secretly a softy so i'm gonna say pound puppies I'm gonna say you want to do goddamn pound, pound puppies because you had a bunch of them in your bed no, when you were four. never. I don't think there's any chance. Of no, pound puppies. you know what? Oh, oh, okay. If I was gonna make a guess, Jabberjaw, I could see you going for goddamn Jabberjaw. Tell me I'm right. You're wrong. I have no idea what that is. That's the shark who is like Curly from the Three Stooges, yeah. right? Isn't that his whole deal? Um, no, not not on my list. Okay, what was your choice then? What was your choice? I'm going to upset both of you, I'm pretty sure, if I would have chosen this. Voltron. Oh, sh I should have guessed that. All right, have Voltron is Voltron just... Voltron on the show? Go bots. We've never done Voltron on the show. Wow. We've done Voltron more times on Who Would Win than we have on this show. That's Which why. is a little bit of a disgrace if you think about it. Um, yeah. No, Voltron's an excellent choice. Um, but you know what? I think GoBots is the better choice because I, I remember Voltron being good. I nope. did not remember GoBots being good. <laughs> and I'm glad we're here, quite honestly, because I have a lot to say about this cartoon. I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to just start it right off by saying GoBots is what I thought Transformers would be going back as an adult. I thought if we went or actually what I thought G.I. Joe would be. I okay. thought 
you know, if we went back, it would be like this really dumb four kids, like uh, really ham fisted selling toys and just like who gives a crap about the story. Um, and G.I. Joe turns out to be pretty good and and really yeah. good in some places. Shockingly. Uh, whereas just GoBots, like I cannot see any episode of this thing being anything more than just utter garbage. And Chen, you picked this episode. This is episode 31 of season one, because that's how cartoons used to work. Uh, this is episode In Search of Ancient Gobonauts. Which and is, you can tell the truth. That, uh, why did you pick this episode? Because Gobonauts is a ridiculous word. <laughs> and why would... It, I don't think they ever even say it in the episode. So no, someone say, just had a real hard on for the word Gobonauts. Like, like astronauts, but Gobots. And, and uh, fucking Fraggle Rock had, was already out at the time. So they should have known. Well, they did say the word gobotic a whole lot. And that made me very Whoa. happy. Um, but gobots. So gobots are, uh, again, what you wish, uh, what you would think Transformers do. Because gobots, for those of you who don't know, this is a Hanna-Barbera cartoon from, I think, 1985. First of all, those, those two words already, I forgot about that. And then I go, well, it makes perfect sense. Because Hanna-Barbera put out an absolute cornfield of shit through their history <laughs> and i go of course they did of course it's a hannah barbera cartoon of course it is it makes a lot of sense in hindsight but if people don't remember that gobots actually came out first a month before the transformers came out the gobots beat them to the market which obviously in many cases getting out first is vitally important to which one survives but also quality does matter at a certain point and transformers obviously blew gobots out of the water you know what else came out first Betamax, uh, what comes out first doesn't always mean it's the best. Betamax came out before VHS. You know, sometimes the first things need to come out. And uh, you think the first wheel was as amazing as it was? No, things need to get perfected. GoBots was shit. And uh, Hanna-Barbera, boof, man, you talk about a, a, an institution that's pumped up glorious, copious amount of unfunny, uninteresting shit and Boy, did but they... there's a lot of it. There's yeah. a lot of it, and that's what's important. Yeah. There was a lot of it, and it was promoted to us very heavily when we were kids. Like a ton of, we all watched a million different Hanna Barbera cartoons. And you're right; it always had that sort of late '70s, low quality. Like we're cool, right? You know, uh, was that the Scooby Doo crowd? That was them, right? Yeah, I mean that was yeah. Johnny Quest. It was Grape Ape. It was all that bullshit. Johnny Quest was so fucking terrible. Like, no, I will disagree. I will tell you right now, Kevin. I think Johnny Quest is great only because its existence eventually led to the Venture Brothers. Yes, I guess raise raise a fan of homoerotic uh, relationships within cartoons. See this and see GoBots because there's a lot of that Deeply. going. On. No, okay. So I got a big thing about character design. I was going to wait to bring up Kevin, but since you're here right now, I have a theory, uh, a pre-theory, and that's uh, every single character model, every single character design of the robots and GoBots presents them as Juggalos. Oh. Every single one of these characters is a beautiful <laughs> fan of the insane clown posse. Is a juggalo with some sort oh of face paint on, and, and 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 the attitude to match. What do you think, Kevin? Do I have roots here? Oh, if only they had a kind of like Energon thing that Transformers did, but with a Fago connection, I would co-sign. Oh my god, all day long. If they were spraying each other with Fago. This would be the perfect theory. <laughs> Look, I I know that if we went through this entire series. There would be an episode where they uh, uh, where they 
do a professional wrestling match and there will be an episode <sighs> where they have some sort of like it'd probably be like oil uh and they would like shake up the the barrel and then like pop it open and then would spray over cycle and be like oh and fall over uh, which is how great is that name, by the way? Because I think that's the one GoBot I had with Psykill, and I, I'm not even kidding. Up until I watched this episode this week, I thought he was a good guy. <laughs> no, I and I had it was and I, and I had him too, and that was a problem with the GoBots. All the toys, and I had the toys I liked as a kid, but, but you know, as I got an old, I'd be an older kid, I go, boy, this sucks. The toy, there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't much when they transformed. At least when the Transformers were there, unless they're like a Bumblebee or a Cliff Jumper, it was like a four-part transformation. There was, you could see the robots' faces in the GoBots. It was like three <laughs> moves, good. three moves, and that was it. And the listen, the names were so. Fucking lazy. Psy kill. Psy kill, because he's a cycle. He's a motorcycle. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I figured that out out on the second time watching this uh, episode. Cop tour. I mean, these Cop these tour, I loved it. These people are submitting the lowest of choices at 459 <laughs> on a Friday afternoon oh, before this shit goes to print. It's okay, fun. hold on. Hold on. And by the way, Psy kill, you ready for this? I didn't look Psy this kill. up. I didn't look this up, and I'm gonna I know I'm right. The guy who voiced Psykill has to be Dean Warmer from Animal House. Oh, I don't know uh, I'm checking right. that out right now. I'm I did see it uh, there is a GI Joe connection in that uh, Arthur Berghart, voice of Destro, did a voice on this show. As did oh, our favorite from Deep Space Nine, Odo Renee Aubergeonis. How do you pronounce it, Chan? Uh, Rene Aubergenois. Uh, yeah, yeah. Odo, Odo did a voice on here, and I did not realize how extensive his VO 80s cartoon career was. My, man, that dude fucks. I'm just going to say it right now. That dude, that dude loves it. But yeah, we got Arthur Berger. We got Destro on this show uh, in, in a role as well. Um, and I don't remember who plays Dean Wormer, but I don't think it's any of these people. By the way, I'm wrong. Is Bernard Erhard who was the voice yeah. of him? I could have sworn it was Timber Smurf. So. You, you get a Smurf connection, you're in. Uh, no, I would actually make the argument that the GoBots as 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 character designs, besides being Juggalos, which is brilliant, uh, the the actual models themselves were lazy as hell. It's bad when the McDonald's transforming food you got around this time <laughs> in a Happy Meal is more complex than the actual GoBots they're based on. So true. Oh, you're that's an amazing comparison. The, oh my goodness, the the oh, fucking bro. scooter was Frank Welker. Of course it was Frank Welker. You thought it was literally anyone else. Wow. What what Chan, play the voice. Play the voice. Look, we got you gotta give us this clip now. Because you cannot hear this voice and not know this is whiny Frank Welker. Oh single. This is a robotic device. Yeah, okay, I see that now. Yeah. It's it's I I heard I didn't need to hear for more than one second. Look, I'm not gonna lie. It took me a second watch to figure out that Psykill was a was a was a, was a goof name, but I did know that was Frank Welker with one one fraction of one nanosecond of him starting to talk. By the way, scooter my scooter is more inept than Bumblebee could ever imagine mm-hmm. to be in Transformers. Mm-hmm. He oh, was. Let's talk about this. Levels. Let's break down this episode because I know we got feelings on this Crocodile Dundee ripoff oh. the character that we opened the episode with who's who's somewhere in, I think, South America because he's shouting at people in Spanish. Yes, but he's wearing this wide open, no T-shirt, just like a wide open Crocodile Dundee uh, a type of a, a brown vest outfit with no sleeves. And I love this man. I just want to say right now, I wish I was this man. He's an archaeologist. 
but he's but he's crocodile Dundee, but he's somehow not Australian. Wait a minute. Uh, how, uh, let's how, break this down. First note I wrote down, how homoerotic is Hanna-Barbera? A kerchief man with short shorts is our first I character. It. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. His name is Cunningham. Uh, which I also really appreciated, just as a just as a just as a random name. I don't think of Cunningham without thinking of Happy Days, without thinking of Richie Cunningham, without thinking of you know a great director. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking of Cunningham. I get all these mixed emotions, and he looks as ridiculous as he does. Chan, I know you have feelings. Well, about Cunningham, I think sure. of a really smart sandwich. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I don't know. I do know that like the second character we get is like a stereotype like a latin he looks like a latino gang member <laughs> in the from warriors New York in <laughs> the <laughs> late 70s what the fuck is he doing as just like a a presumably like a local a villager or something that they've hired to excavate this pyramid because they That's saw why I want to know where they, they are they saw yeah. raiders of the lost ark and they saw alfred molina go you know what mm. he's ubiquitous let's do that oh brilliant <laughs> and this wasn't that long it was like three, four years after that. So it's yep. like still in that same zeitgeist. Um, I use that word for Kevin Goatee and nobody else. No, 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 no. That's Kevin Israel's safe word right there. Oh, excuse me. I yeah. just, I feel like I attribute it to both of you equally, but you're <laughs> right. That is Kevin Israel's. I should know better. Yeah. I just love that word because it's so usable in day-to-day conversation. You know, I think you, we can you, all agree. Do you, do you know why he says that? He hates it because the fucking shitty ass blowhard critics use that in their five-star reviews and he gets, and I agree, he gets fucking incensed when he hears sees, hears that word because no Here's one says no one says that just me i say it and i say it all the time and i would say it even if you weren't here because it's a great word that means many important things oh. or <laughs> the name or do. the name of a smashing pumpkins album okay i'll take that too um well, you know, Smashing Pumpkins for as big as they were in 1997, mm-hmm. probably should people, one person should care about them today, right? Like, it's crazy to me that more people care about Eve 6 than care about Smashing Pumpkins in the year 2021. I would have not believed you if you would have told me that at Y2K time. Look, well, he's sometimes running TNA. There's yeah. he, he's got a second career. He's Someti- got a life. Listen, guys, sometimes you just have to swallow your pride. Swallow the rinds. Broke me up inside. Mm-hmm. Put my heart in a blender. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes, right? No, no. I could quote no, you every single line of this song from memory right now, sir. Yeah. That was my karaoke go-to <laughs> when I used to be able to sing. What? what? It's a great song, Chan. It is it's catchy. a 13-year-old's diary. It is, it is catchy. It's for the public. Someone, I forgot whom, put a picture of their tattoo with their actual heart in a blender. I go, oh, look at that. Oh Someone God. worked at Hot Topic. <laughs> Oh, man, I love it. Or the heart as a grenade from that Green Day album. Oh, oh my God. Amer- American idiot. Everyone should. I know people with that tattoo. Hello, unoriginal assholes. You- I love it. How dare you? I think it's brilliant. Why, why are you I- talking trash about your daughter like that? Listen, like, you wouldn't think four-year-olds would get uh, tattoos. You, you but we're very open. We're open that said that she could. Great. I didn't know you're Samoan. Oh. oh man, there's there's a gag there and I can't find it, so I'm just gonna move on. My point is, is that we meet Cunningham and he's brilliant. Uh, he, him shouting Dunday over and over again with like outrage because this guy, this this gang member from the Warriors, his chance uh, hands him this cube that like starts changing shape and and it's apparently gobotic. It's a gobotic device, which just is fun to say. So whatever. 
<laughs> I loved it. Uh, we meet Scooter, the Frank Welker character, because and Scooter is the lowest man on the good guy GoBot totem pole, but the other ones are out on radio silence on a training exercise, and they're like, it's too important. Bring in the imbecile. <laughs> like, why don't you wait a half mm-hmm. hour for the guy who actually knows what he's talking about? I don't understand the um, the script reasons for this, because like all of the other GoBots show up like two minutes later. Why did yeah. we do this thing? Why? Unless they're like, they've got Frank Walker under contract and they're like, I mean, we're paying him. We might as well just give him some more lines to like justify whatever. Otherwise, it makes no sense. None at all. And they find it. So they ask him, they say, okay, trivia time, uh, Scooter, who every single thing he said sounded whiny. He did not have a single line that did not sound like he was whining for candy. Um, but they say, how long have GoBots been here? He's like 200 years. And they're like, no. 6,000 years because of this <laughs> spaceship we just found, you fucking idiot. And I that made me laugh real, real hard is that they literally asked him a question about his own people. He answered it, and then they mansplained him. And I could not have been happier at such a stupid turn of events on you this know program. I am very for uh, the concept of, I guess it would be human-splaining. Um, oh, <laughs> Because like I, I don't like when men uh, overexplain things to women, but uh, a human being overexplaining things to a robot, I'm very much here for it. <laughs> yeah, somehow that hits every note for me, and I can't really explain why, but it made me laugh uproariously when they straight up ask him a question and then tell him that he's fucking wrong. I laughed real hard. Um, so he then tells the story of the the legend of the evil one, and we get. Too the long of an exposition one. for the this. The evil one. The evil one. Yeah, speaking of naming conventions, Kevin. <laughs> also, I thought the um, the big weapon was the dark part, because they're oh. robots. So oh, be like dear, heart, okay. Like a carburetor or some shit. Like, the dark heart <laughs> does not get much better than that, but at least it was not, um, yeah, my, my, my um, big black ding-dong. <laughs> So you think they were going for a BBC that's, reference? That's, that's the that's the best for uh, four year old rhyme book I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the dark heart of fables. Is the is, so the evil? Here's our exposition. Here's our MacGuffin. The evil one is an ancient dude who was banished from Gobot Land for trying to use antimatter weapons, which could destroy the universe if used improperly, or even used properly for that matter. So he got banished, I guess, to Earth where he crash landed and died, but they don't know if he's dead because he's a robot and robots can live, you know, forever. And his, his, his device is called the dark heart. That's where we're at. That's where we're going. Strap in. That's this story. So what I love to also about this is there's like evil Illuminati triangles everywhere. Like how on the nose could this character be? He's using Bavarian Illuminati. I in the pyramid as his clan symbol. I, I and, and but also don't touch it. It's a self destruct button. Like uh, scooter, how do you know that? <laughs> this is a six thousand year old ship. Uh, but also, who puts the self destruct button in the hallway? Uh, did you not see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where you put that little uh, the, the, the stone in there and the spikes come down from the ceiling? Uh, callback. Uh, thank you. Uh, also, um, <laughs> perfectly done in the video game Skyrim. I'll point out, you never pull a lever yourself. You have a follower do it. That's a pro tip from me to you. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> My point is, 
There's a self-destruct button, so we all of a sudden get Chekhov's self-destruct Eye of the Pyramid uh, here because you know someone's pressing it. I assumed it was going to happen at the very end of the episode, right? Wouldn't Hold that on. be a logical conclusion? Real quick. This is what the dude says when he sees it. Could this be something? Could this be something? And he's just going to press <laughs> the motherfucker. Uh, I mean, 6,000-year-old alien spaceship. I'm going to press every button I see. <laughs> Clearly, none of them could blow the ship up. I guess none of them saw the flight of the Navigator, another piece Thank of shit you. from the 80s. <laughs> wow. I will buy a fighting words for you on that, sir. Uh, How dare you? So, okay. So we he also, so uh, uh, Scooter says, there's this, this star, this sea star uh, on the wall. That's our message portal, obviously. So no. he presses it, and this weird cube floats out. It's like, oh, it's a, like a prehistoric device, and it's more futuristic than anything we could have possibly seen in the year 1986. Are you, and are I was you, marking out huge for that. That's a fucking Rubik's Cube. That is yeah, not, not a just a Rubik's cube. Rubik's cube. That is Rubik the Amazing Cube because it's oh, floating see. in the air. Well, now that's a great show. Uh, go back and listen to our Christmas holiday special, Rubik's First Christmas. A few, only a few episodes ago in the Knowing is Half the Podcast timeline, that's called cross-promotion. Is it? I don't think it is, actually. Mm, I think I fucked that so up. Much. My point is, is that there's a prophecy that the uh, the dark heart of fables will go continue on till none can fight. We are setting everything up right now, and we're going to call it back if you forget, so do not worry about it. One of the greatest moments, to me, maybe my favorite moment of this entire episode, is the part where they're in there, they're figuring all this stuff out, and can we just have the sound clip of the kid who had just been taken hostage with a with a with a with a what is it a helicopter blade basically to his neck in the other room? He's remarkably calm despite being uh, assaulted and taken over by giant evil robots. I was waiting for a cycle to sound that sound like he's again going to put Scooter on double secret probation with that voice mm. of his. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Is that you, Nick? Yeah. And guess who else is here? Now give me the message cube or the boy is confetti. The boy will be turned into confetti by a helicopter blade and all he's like, yeah, it is me. Guess who else I found? You're about to die. They don't uh, I, care about you. I noticed also, that because the yeah. look on his face is just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is happening it's- again. These jagoffs. This is the chillest mother effer on the entire planet. Also, the fact that he shouts out with this booming robot voice and they're like, is that you? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's me. That's what that's a voice I do now for fun. What are we talking about? It's a 20 foot robot with a helicopter blade who's about to turn me into confetti. But somehow I'm fine. I'm making jokes. It's cool. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots, and you control their every move. Behold, by Paul, Copter. Turbo and side hill. The Gobot invasion has begun. Gobot from Tonka. Now back to G.I. Joe. So okay, can we talk about the lady evil Gobot for a second? Uh. I do not know what her name is. Uh, Kevin, I know you must have feelings on this character. Um, she sounded like Grace Jones. That's all I know, and I didn't care to look I, up her name either. So uh, that's her uh, name. Her name is Crasher. Oh, you know, oh, of course, a, ra- a race car driver because that's a she crashes. Crashing. That's a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I oh, did I mention the uh, uh, the uh, fighter, the uh, jet fighter? His name Fighter. Leader. No, uh, leader, leader, the, leader, leader one no, is leader the one. jet fighter. Yeah, but there's another plane called Fighter and a space shuttle called Space C. Spay, as in spay and neuter pets, dash the letter C. Because he goes to space, you see. I've seen more more creative names for those, like, you know, Chinese knockoff toys of stuff that's already been established there than I have in this entire fucking shitty franchise. You know, if one Robert Cop would show up on this show, though, I would lose my mind. <laughs> Robert I'll tell you Cop. that right now. That's good. Robert Cop is my favorite. Um, no, you know she's a you know she's a lady because despite the fact that she's a twenty foot tall death robot, she's wearing lipstick, <laughs> which very <laughs> well articulated lipstick and eyeshadow. In case you know she meets a fella <laughs> while out there obliterating the planet. I just I want more more sexy lady death robots. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, you say that like it's a joke, but I honestly do want more sexy lady death robots. That would make my life complete. I mean, I'm with it. Now, I have here a, a, a sound pool for the line. You think I'm crazy and I don't exactly know why, but I'd love to hear it so I can remember. Okay, this bit is also magical. You know, I want to rip on this show for being bad, but there are so many wonderful little moments in it. And this one, it really stuck out to me because they're in the, he presses the self-destruct button. Okay, the stupid kid does because he's he's about to get turned into confetti. What have you got to lose at that point? So the ship's about to blow up, but the dark heart weapon is still inside of it. Okay, cool. So, so they all, everybody runs from it. And then Psykill turns to this cop tour guy, who's his minion. 
and says, go back in that about to explode spaceship and go get me that weapon. And he literally turns. He's like, okay, walks for a good, you heard it, like five seconds, <laughs> and then stops and turns like, are you fucking think I'm crazy? I'm not going in there. It's about to blow up, you fucking idiot. And I laughed. Again, I laughed uproariously when that happened because I was not expecting to get swerved like that in the moment by a show this dumb. I mean, we we know that it's just like cheap animation. For some reason, they uh, uh, added that little chunk in there because we got to stretch it out to you know twenty one forty five or whatever the you know uh, um, the amount of time they need to give to the network to get paid. But also, it does kind of read like uh, oh, do something stupid, like like go throw myself off a cliff. Okay, here I go, here I go. I'm walking towards the. Are you fucking serious, man? <laughs> I'm not going in. Jesus Christ. You're supposed to say, no, never mind. I'm I'm a dummy. I'll go do it. Also, he was the one holding the hostage and had to let the hostage go. True. Psykill could have, I don't know, grabbed the hostage or gone himself. Or there was another uh, sexy lady robot there. She yep. could have done it. No, no, Look, no. That's lazy leadership. Um uh, now, 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 this next section, though, Kevin, I, again, I know you're going to have feelings right here because uh, uh, they're, they're, they're running off into the jungle. It's Scooter and the humans, and they're being chased by these three evil gobots. And Scooter mm-hmm. falls in what is very cl- clearly waist-deep water <laughs> and then says, I can't get out. This quicksand is getting me. Mm. What a trope it was in the 80s. In fact, we just did. We taped it. It hasn't aired yet. We did... Uh, well, again, the Princess Bride, as I mentioned, piece of shit. There's quicksand in that. But before that, mm-hmm. we also did another episode we taped, which was a little film called Lawrence of Arabia, where, oh, there, boy. where there's quicksand in a desert. Guess what? There's not much of in the desert. Water. So how is there quicksand <laughs> in a desert? So and growing growing up when we did, we all thought quicksand was going to be a real thing we'd all have to deal with at some point, right? Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Like this is not just a thing on cartoons. This is a real life problem. All of us in real life would have to really deal with. Right. I mean, that, that's that's as tropey as like a when you think of it, like an eighties comic, like someone with like really loud, colorful suspenders with a bow tie that may or may not spin. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I don't know a ton about a ton. But I would say the big thing that if you were to ask me what quicksand looks like, the answer would be sand. <laughs> it would not be shallow water. <laughs> yeah, you think they could have just, I don't know, painted it brown. That's all. Paint it brown. Just I would make an effort that. for me, please. If it, was, if it looked like mud, I would have been happy. But the fact is it's blue, delightful lake water. That he is barely up to his hips into shouting, I can't get out. This stuff is pulling me down. And literally Coptor just walks over, grabs him by the hips and just pulls him out. (laughs) Coptor is my favorite character. I'm trying to say this dude has all the moments and none of them are front and center. They're all in the background and it's, it's magical. It's, it's like a naked gun movie (laughs) where all the jokes are happening behind the action, but it's always fucking cop tour and he's always doing something amazing and hilarious and no one's talking about it. That's how I feel. I am now a cop tour, uh, Stan, as the kids would say, and I am here 
for cop tour. By the way, I wrote down in this, this episode, there's nothing indicative of any of their characteristics slash personality traits in this episode. You don't nothing. learn anything about anyone at any time. There's never like a, oh, well, that's just cop tour being cop tour because, you know, <laughs> whenever, whenever he flies for four and a half hours, he has to take a shit. Otherwise, his fuel lines clog or something crazy like that. It's just there's not these. These are the most one dimensional characters. There's nothing to them. It's just this is why again this franchise is just so beyond laughable and again Hanna-Barbera what an absolute factory of garbage I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually wrote down in this section let's break down exactly what the GoBots are and what the GoBots can do because I think that's important right now because we know six characters as of this episode right Mm -hmm. six GoBot characters three good three bad fine each of them transforms from a, a, a fighting robot, roughly a scooter was the short one. He was probably only about 15 feet tall and the others were like 20 feet tall, right? That's, that's my approximation, at least based on the humans that they were walking around. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's at least gives you a general ballpark idea. All of them can transform it from a, a fighting robot into a vehicle of some kind, but also all of them can fly naturally as robots begging the question why would you ever transform into a motorcycle when you're a 20-foot robot who can fly because here's the thing about transformers they turn into uh earth uh uh, vehicles and uh machines and what have you to disguise themselves they're robots in disguise there's a reason for them to transform these robots are not disguising themselves. Not even a little bit. Their fucking faces are still showing when they're transforming into their vehicles. Also, because it's fucking Hanna-Barbera, someone made the choice. Like, with Transformers, you have a a thing that looks like a car, like an actual car that you could buy or that, you know, exists. And then they transform into a robot, which obviously uh, looks like a robot and doesn't have, you know, yeah, like the weird parts like the the uh, uh, the oh, four step yeah. transform thing. It generally looks like sort of like what that car looks like, right? But for GoBots, they're like, you know what? We're trying to sell toys, so we're going to make it look like the toys, which is dumb because they look dumb as robots and they look even dumber as vehicles because they didn't like you. Ju- at the very least, you could choose one. I'm going to choose to make the robot look good and the uh, vehicle look like shit, or the vehicle look good and the robots look like shit. Transformers. Fair. The robots, a lot of them look like shit, and that's fine because uh, designing a fucking transforming robot is insanely hard. It, but the these GoBots had the worst of both worlds. They look terrible, and some of them, like uh, um, the the whatever fucking shuttle thing they bring with that was them, just weird. I don't even know what that was. It looks like my a brother box had in, that. In my brother, ha- my brother had that, and you could be more right. It was, and the and the highlight. Are you ready for this, guys? The oh, thing no. where, where where their cockpit is, if it turned around, it was a face, and you oh, and you and, you and you pressed a button, and it was like a klaxon horn, and it was an and, oh, and the highlight as most eighties you know toys that you know were large, it had an elevator in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's the deal. That makes it cool. I'm sorry. Well, just, <laughs> nope. It's cool now. Castle Grayskull had an elevator too, and I'm here for it. Yep. And I'm here for it. You put an elevator. No, you, you had me every step of the way. You, the second you put either a trap door or an elevator in something, it becomes immediately I, cool. I, I, Castle Grayskull had goddamn both. I'm going to correct you. Castle Grayskull did not have an elevator. It had a trap door. What? 
I swear to God, there was an elevator that took you from the first floor to the second floor so you could fall down through the trap door. I want to go to the instant replay official. On there the- was a- Send it to New York. There was send a it second to- castle. Send it to Goodell. There was a second castle. You might be confusing the two. I, maybe I am. Snake uh, Mountain. Uh, here's the deal. Well, I do love it. I had Snake. I had both. So I, oh, yeah. Who am I kidding? I love both. Because you could talk into Snake Mountain and yep. do crazy voices yep. Yep. in that. Th- okay, please. That was amazing. My point is, is that to what Chan just said, of all the programs of the 80s that we that we have watched, that we have endured, this is this is the one where the people making it went, we need this to be as realistic as possible. <laughs> Make sure every toy looks like shit. I'm looking at the I'm, look, look I'm like looking shit. at the Castle Grayskull right now. There is a lat. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. There is an, an elevator. elevator. There is an elevator. Yep. Okay. Wow. Ray is right. No wow. hashtag. It had to happen eventually on this show. By the way, if, <laughs> if you wanted is not here, if you wanted to buy a used Castle Grayskull on eBay, complete complete minus bird banner pistol string. Uh, and figure is C8. I don't know what that means. $316 for a castle. It actually game. seems reasonable. Yeah, it's missing a couple of things, but you get the point. Like, until somebody buys me a USS flag, and yes, I have thought about using all our Patreon money <laughs> to my- go on eBay and buy myself a USS flag. <laughs> that thing was don't huge. Hate me for it. That thing was seven huge. Foot, yeah. It's a seven foot playset, and I, as a grown ass adult, I would be playing with it. Yes, I would every day because I owned it. <laughs> I, how would you not? I mean, look, I, I'll admit many things. <laughs> I love toys. This is not. <laughs> and, not and to be secret. on, and to be on watch lists for for a second thing. What Sweet do you mean to be on? Like I'm not already on 26 of them already. <laughs> Y'all, I looked up uh, uh, a used uh, USS flag on eBay and it's literally as much as a car. Literally. How much? Uh, 3000. 4,500 new. You said used. Uh, well, they'd have to be used, wouldn't they? No, we could buy it boxed, but who's still sitting around with a USS flag, uh, unboxed that's selling it in the year 2021. Sergeant slaughter. Okay. We besides obvious, but he doesn't need the money. He's not going to give that up. Oh, all he has left. (laughs) And, and do, and when it arrives, does it arrive in a, in a, in a itty bitty ditty bag? (laughs) I need to know the questions. (laughs) I, I need to know these answers. <laughs> it's a great callback. I love it. <laughs> My point is, I got no point here. I got no point at all. He gets it. He gets himself pulled out of the quicksand. Look, and they could also shoot uh, laser beams out of their uh, hands. Right. If you're a fighting 20 foot tall robot who can fly and shoot laser beams out of your hands. I, I don't give a fuck if you can transform into a motorcycle. That's like the least cool thing you can do. Yeah. Quite honestly, at that point, don't like there's one point where they're doing that. And I'm just like, they start like getting like shot at and they start getting in peril. So they just transform back into their robots and fly away. It's like cut out the middleman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to derail. uh, And I'm going to stop doing this because I kept looking. I kept looking because I'm like, I, I, uh, now it's kind of like we're, we're, we're trying to buy a a house or a condo or something like that right now. And so like you start looking at Zillow, just like, uh, incessantly keep like clicking and clicking and even looking at the same things over and over again. I fucking looked up USS flag. I'm like, uh, you know, like, uh, there's gotta be something cheaper. There's gotta be something different. I found one and it's listed at $1,300. I was like, what is this? Like maybe it's missing something or maybe there's just like one person out there that says it. The box only. Oh. <laughs> no toy. Some, no. The somebody's box. Trying, somebody's going for the scam. 13. I remember this when the Xboxes came out and the PS5s, and it just said PS5, 
$550 box only, but they know you're only they don't show the box on it. They just show the PlayStation five is in this is what was in the box. People going for that. And it's very clearly written, but they're counting on somebody not reading the shit. Dastardly. I, I'm here for it. I love it. Insane. I'm not going to lie. If you fall for that scam, good. <laughs> I have no sympathy for you. Okay. So the uh, uh, GoBots, everybody escapes from each other. And uh, this is why, because the two other GoBots, who, the good guys who were out on this mission, come back to save everybody. Cool. So the bad guys do a loop around and come right back to the temple where we started. So they're, they're, they're in there. They get blown out. Uh, I do want to mention the fact that Leader One has a plug for a head. Complete with the little holes in the sides of the plugs, uh, which which brought me a lot of joy. We we're gonna go ahead and cut forward a little bit here, because uh, 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 <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, well, we cut to the final battle in the final spaceship because most of this was hack and boring, and it turns out that Crocodile Dundee was a, was a double agent the entire time. Who could have seen that coming? We end up getting a huge old robot on robot fight inside the evil one's actual temple lair. Great. And, and we have a big fight. The, uh, the, the actual dark heart gets taken in by the, the motorcycle evil guy. And he, he uses it to turn himself invisible, which was never established <laughs> as a thing that could happen on this show. So they end up all fighting. But then, uh, of course, Crocodile Dundee grabs the weapon because Psykill Cy, Cy, uh, uh, could, be, uh, could be talked out of every single plot he ever had. I Twice in a two-minute span, he gets talked out of doing evil by conversation. Yeah, what is I, this? I, I, what is this? A Santa Claus episode of the Who Would Win show? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and then the uh, the human is like, no, I'm gonna uh, um uh, uh I gotta f- I gotta find the uh, um uh the actual line. So uh, keep talking because I have to. This is insane. His logic. <laughs> he hates fighting robots, and he wants to he wants to obliterate them all because they're filthy. Uh, <laughs> So, Kevin, what did you make of this final uh, fight sequence? Uh, God, it was so, it just felt so hack and rush and put together and you just, you don't care. And, and there's no bigger insult yes. than just, just saying, I don't care. It's just indifference is the worst, is the biggest insult, insult to something I could, I could ever say about anybody or anything that someone's done or is. And I was just so indifferent. Like, ugh, yeah. And again, I always had this kind of, I don't know, idea. Ever since I saw Big, I'm like, okay. And by the way, Big, very overrated, does not hold up. When they had all the kids in the room looking at the toys, I go, why don't they do that but with fucking cartoon plot lines? Because there's no better story, well, according to kids, than an imagination of like your own plot lines you you hash out with your brothers and sisters as you're playing Transformers and G.I. Joe. But like with this, it's just like, there, there was nothing there from like an adult, like I am trying to, I'm doing a shitty job of verbalizing. It's just, there was nothing there that a, a, a professional TV writer would have in a, in a, in there like emotion or tie-ins or characteristics or any, or really, I mean, I guess the risk was, you know, stakes would be the, 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 the alien artifact and shit, but there wasn't, it, it was just so formulaic and lame and paint by number. Just like, eh, oh, it's over now. Okay. 
great. That's just it. They say if he uses the antimatter device, he could wipe out all life in the galaxy by some weird shit. And I never once believed them. No, no. I no. never once believed that was on the table. You, you they were never, like, you never have a moment where you're like, oh shit, like something could go down and that could be the end. Never. Like, yeah, it's just, again, so low stakes. You're just like, ugh. Yuck. Like I didn't understand that Psykill was the kind of bad guy who, because uh, they're like, uh, if you do this, people will hate you forever. And he's like, oh well, I don't want that. Uh, okay, fine. We've established that that's his character. Then along comes the human who, for just out of fucking nowhere, says, "Perhaps, but I'm the loon that's going to bring the world to an end." Why? There's no explanation as to why oh, he wants the know, world to easy, end. Chan, easy. He's a Republican voter. Well, thank you, everybody. Right. You know thank yeah, you. You, you know, you. with a name like Psykill, I don't, I'm very surprised he felt the need to worry about other people's thoughts. I just, you know, Psykill or name. If you eradicate all life in this galaxy, nobody knew you were here. Yeah. Who's going to remember it was you? Everybody's dead. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand that logic even a little bit. We end up getting to the point here. Uh, the antimatter's off because uh, uh, Cunningham has shot it. They're all shooting their laser beams at it to slow it down, to slow it down. Everybody, one by one, leaves the ship because they're out of energy. Hilariously, all three big bads walk out together. But Koptor, my goddamn hero, is crawling on his hands and knees because this dude milks it. This dude (laughs) works it, and I love him for it. It leaves just the leader one in there who's shooting away, blasting away. The whole thing explodes. We have a moment of not peril where they're like, he's dead. No, he's right there. It lasts for like a half a second. And he says, I would have been dead if my force field never mentioned before now would not have saved me. And I was like, fuck off with this writing. What a cheat. Get out of here. What a lazy cheat. cheat. If if you mention the force field any time before now, maybe a subplot where he's like, man, it's been working up on me lately. It hasn't been working all the time. One little throwaway line, this pays off. But instead, it feels like I was robbed at the ATM. He could have saved the warrior uh, South American guy when a construction crane was going to fall on him and, and crush his beautiful fro and mustache and go, ah, my force field saved us. And then have that call back at the very end go, ah. Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything, mm-hmm. but no. So at the end of it, the prophecy comes true because the prophecy was uh, fight till nobody can fight anymore. They don't have any energy, so they can't fight even though they want to. And then they lie. These heroes lie and say the uh, mega weapon was destroyed, but we already know it's indestructible. So he's like, oh, shit, it's gone. Oh, well, we're out. And they're like, ha we lied. And I'm like, what kind of heroes are these? And and they they, they it looks like the Sphinx, so they put it in a museum, like also, an Indiana Jones callback again. Quick, I just want to say that the the Sphinx that they have has its nose broken off as if it's always been that way, but fucking Napoleon shot it off in the oh. 19th century. So there's you know no what? reason for the nose to be off on that goddamn Sphinx. It's a six thousand year old Sphinx that would not have knowledge of the also, turn of the, the century Napoleon and thousand years ago. I, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to either Hannah or Barbara listen to this episode and go, okay, mercy, uncle, I tap out. I give <laughs> up. Stop it, you guys. We get it. It was a shit show. Oh my God. And and really quick before we get out of here, uh, can I have that final line uh, uh, about the uh, the last line of the episode when the guy's trying to do an archaeologist pun because you got to end on a gag of a joke of some kind with everybody laughing and oh, this shit oh this shit hit like a goddamn lead balloon like this is the worst ever. Yeah, being an archaeologist, he'll have lots of time to dig around. 
inside a prison. Mm, Being that he's an archaeologist, he'll have lots of time to dig around inside a prison. No, dude. No, you're trying too hard. That shit did not work. I I would have more respect for this episode if Turbo would have looked over and goes, waka, waka, waka. Uh, (laughs) What? That turns this from a 3.5 to an (laughs) 8.5 immediately. And of course, 3.5, much like the Highlander episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow, where Clancy Brown stole the show 10 Ways to Sunday was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Coptor. Coptor is the Clancy Brown of this GoBots episode. I goddamn love this character. Uh, I cannot express it enough. I love him. Oof. But anyway, that is GoBots. What is it? Uh, in Search of Ancient Gobonauts. I guess that's what they did. Uh, Kevin Goatee, final thoughts on this episode and let the people at, at home know where to find you. If you waste your time with GoBots, I wish a pl- uh, I wish a thousand plagues upon you because you truly don't value the only currency that this fine world can never be bought more of, and that is time. Go- KevinGoatee.com, <laughs> of course, but more importantly, GuttingTheSacredCow.com, which is where all the magic happens. The links where you can find all of our episodes, you know, whatever podcast platform of choice you listen to us on, we're there. Just click it. You'll find it. YouTube, subscribe us on YouTube. You can watch our smug, smiling faces as we have uh, guests like Ray Cicadis on, as well as James Gassy from the Who Would Win show. And of course, while you're at guttingthesacredcow.com, why don't you mosey on over to that merch shop and go buy a hat, a bag, a mug, a shirt, whatever. As, you know, just showing you support the, the, the podcast is cool. And a little five-star rating, two or three-sentence review, well, that never hurts either. Guttingthesacredcow.com, GTSE Podcasts on Twitter. And that's the whole story. You know, and one thing that they love over there, even though I have no current episodes in the can, but if you were to tweet at them, hashtag release the Ray cut, just <laughs> do it anyway. They love it. <laughs> Notice how it didn't work, but I enjoyed our little uh, back and forth repartee for the, uh, the week. Is the, wait a minute. Is the rate was the Ray cut released? When it was supposed then to be released. I think it worked, Kevin. <laughs> I believe it worked. That's like saying hashtag r- sunrise tomorrow. Well, of course, Ray, it will rise tomorrow. The you sun- know, I'm afraid to do that because I would screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that kind of responsibility on my head. Gotcha. Uh, Robert Clark Chan, talk to us about AE Double Back, your wrestling podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad you stand behind your work with the elevator pitch in hand. You could also listen to the Who Would Win show. Both Robert Clark Chan and Kevin Goatee have done multiple episodes of the show. So you could just pick and choose and find your way through there to find their episodes. Kevin, uh, which episode have you done that you remember? I did. Was it Wonder Woman? And I forgot who she fought off against. Wonder Woman versus Deadpool. A wonderful episode of the show. That was our live show that we did. And uh, you got to be the official final verdict on it. And I think you did a great job with that decision, <laughs> but I won't say which direction you went. And Robert Clark Chan, you've been, you've been on so many different episodes. I can't even remember them all anymore. You maybe have been on the show more times than anyone who knows why that's true. <laughs> uh, turns out I'm available. Very available. You know, it, it, it helps. It, it turns out if you're nearby constantly, you often get called. That's my lesson for all you would-be writers out there, Kevin Goatee. <laughs> and that's it. So y'all, really quick, you can hit us up, of course, on Patreon, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Our Facebook group, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast. But individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. 
Kevin, give it to him one more time. Guttingthesacredcow.com, GTSC Podcast, and KevinGoatee.com, G-O-O-T-E-E.com, and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. It's the best damn movie podcast out there, bar none. There you go. And someday Gina Ippolito might return to the show, but I make no promises. Because I screw may, that up too. It may take some rope and a uh, um, one of those boxes with a stick, and then there's like a carrot underneath. So when she goes under to grab the carrot, then you pull the uh, the stick, and then she falls down. I'm saying that she doesn't want to do the show. We're going to make her. I mean, we we kind of have we got to at least finish season five. <laughs> we have one more episode of GI Joe to do. Gina, come back to us. <laughs> Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. Or, I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it, and we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast. Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get. Inside Hollywood info, like, how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? You get great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates like, when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade. Listen up, because breakfast is the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope, available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.